Hello, film friends, friends of film, and everyone in between. Welcome to the Film Folklore Podcast. I am Jed Props, and I am joined today by Justin Sound. Zoe, Chris, and Joe are not with us today, unfortunately. Joe is training for the next running of the Bulls in Pamplona with Rock Solid. I did manage to talk to Chris and Zoe. Zoe said Chris has been following through uh, Shadow and has lost all time. Uh, while he transitions from Chris the Gray to Chris the White. And as for Zoe, Chris said that she is busy as an interstellar traffic cop. Uh, she can't be here because Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos' penis rockets were involved in an outer space fender bender, and someone had to fill out the report. Whew, that is a mouthful, but that is where they are. And all of that said, we have a pinch hitter today, and we would like to welcome back friend of the podcast, Heather Ray Costumes. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, what they're doing sounds a lot more fun than what I've been doing the last few months. So. Well, we don't know what it pays. Uh, let's keep that in perspective. Oh, they're doing yeah. these things for free. <laughs> Still more fun than what I've been it doing. It does sound fun. <laughs> but welcome back, Heather Ray. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And uh, I guess um, since we're talking about you coming back, uh, and we'll probably end up uh, having these out of order. So apologies if, you know, Heather Ray's with us on another episode, but I'm saying hi on this one, but we don't care. Um, Time is a construct. Yes, you know, it's overrated. It's an illusion. But we do want to kind of talk about um, what we have going on today. I mean, we got a fantastic guest, as we always do. But I guess before we get into that, uh, is there anything, Justin, that we need to uh, help with Heather Ray to get her up to speed? Uh, maybe um, what would be a, how would you surmise um, maybe the episodes since she's been here? What, do you, what are you asking me exactly? Oh, well. Um, <laughs> yes, I don't understand the question either. <laughs> you know, a lot has happened since she was last here. And so I, I just wanted her to be caught up um, with the goings-ons and everything. And so for those who don't know, Heather Ray is costumes. And if you uh, were unfamiliar with that, then you should pause right now, go back to our third episode. Shame on you for not having already listened to the third episode, but we will forgive you this time. Oh, um, I've got an update. Oh, actually, there you go. actually, I oh, do have an update. Again, ask these questions um, ahead of time too. And I, and I, yeah. He's on like a 10 second delay. It's fine. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, I totally forgot to tell you this when you, when you came in this morning, but your episode is currently the most popular episode. Oh, Whoa. wow. It's a good thing you didn't tell me that beforehand. I wouldn't have been able to fit in the door with my big head. Ooh, someone, oh, someone just got lighter in her loafers. I know. Uh. Well, I'll take that and run with so it. So listeners, if you haven't listened, <laughs> it's that's the best one. Do. Also, that means you're in the minority. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and kudos to you, Heather. Oh. Uh, so question going to you, Heather Ray. Our departments are, are, you know, I'm speaking to costumes and props. Um, we have a number one job of all of our jobs. But that number one job with the actors is what would you, what would you say in, in short? Number one job with the actors? Mm -hmm. God, that's a really loaded question. Um, I mean, it just depends from actor to actor. I feel like you, our job depends so much on reading personalities and moving forward, knowing what we know. 
Does that make sense? Well, I was I was looking for something a little more basic because uh, I'm trying to segue. Ask the specific question. It's Dad. making them look good. Right? Boom! There's my man. Oh yeah, yeah, making them look good. <laughs> and we are only two of four departments that are sort of in charge of making them look good for camera, who also, in I guess, in a roundabout way, is making them look good. But um, what are those two other departments? Uh, I would say that would be hair and makeup. And that is correct. Um, We're always the ones called for last looks. Yes. Last looks, for those who don't know, is the final opportunity before camera rolls. To make to them look good. Make them look good. Make sure the continuity is right. Uh, you know, for me, it's making sure that coffee's still in the right hand, not the left hand. Maybe for Heather Ray, it's a it's a collar that got flipped and it's not supposed to be flipped. You know, maybe for hair, it's a, a lock of hair is now in, on the forehead and it was supposed to be off to the side. You know, that kind of BS. Or what do they call it uh, when when just one strand is is it is a, it a what? flyer? Flyaway. Flyaway. Yes. Flyaway. Flyaways. Oh, the flyaways. Um, I, I was, I was totally blanking on that. I was like, a wild hair? No, that can't be right. Alec, no, that's more than one hair. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Fly away. So yeah. Uh, and the reason making all this, uh, segue business, um, is because we have a hair rep today, our first rep from the hair department. And we really, you know, I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get to our guest. A lot of fun questions coming, and I bet everyone's going to be excited to listen to our first hair rep, Natalie Hare. And without further ado, let's welcome Natalie Hare. Welcome, Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi. So we have a lot of questions for you today. So we want to get right into it. But first, um, you are nowadays uh, typically a department head, correct? No, I was most recently a key. A key. Yes. All right. And that's part of the questions I want to get into because you all have a very interesting uh, department world on how you define. uh, Yeah, the line when you're a key kind of gets blurred sometimes. So you're really the right hand man, woman whoever to the department head. So you work pretty closely and you can answer a lot of the same questions, do a lot of the same things as the department head does, but you're the key. You're not the department head. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, and kind of like a, a listener might not necessarily know, but we get these uh, crew lists that uh, are kind of our reference for the contact information for everybody on a given show. And I, I feel like hair and makeup are two of the departments that are, constantly in a uh, in a uh, ethereal change of how the titles uh, kind of show up <laughs> yeah. you know it's when you watch different movies from other countries or you, you're, they're like assistant department head or <laughs> you know whatever titles they like to throw in there but it's the department head is the boss and then there's the key who is you know the assistant boss or key you know <laughs> it depends on the relationship right. and then you, you know everybody else comes in and it's a support team basically yeah. we're all there to support each other and get the job done right on this is all just jed leading up to the fact that he never has a big enough department so, <laughs> so go ahead just get there no 
I had not talked about that in at least two episodes. And you had to bring it back Far up. overdue. Oh, my God. Yeah. We know um, where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? They don't have a coordinator either. Uh, I'm always demanding a coordinator, but we don't have one yet. Not officially. That's called the buyer. But uh, we want to go a little bit more into the department breakdown. But before we do that, we want to kind of go back in time a little bit. So for you, Natalie, when you were growing up, did you have uh, any early aspects of your life that were maybe already kind of pointing you in this direction industry-wise or maybe just in hair, fashion, oh, gosh. that I've, kind of thing in general? I've been doing hair since I was in grade school. Oh, wow. My mom used – I have a sister, and so my mom would make me, ask me, whatever, to do my sister's hair every day before school. This and is your older sister, right? This is my younger sister. Because that would have been rude. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally rude. Um, so she would – I would do my sister's hair every day before school, and then um, – I, my mom colored my hair when I would like before, like a homecoming or something, and it was terrible. <laughs> so she sent me to the salon for the first time and walking into the salon, I was like, I'd never been into a hair salon before. I was like, this is amazing. These are my people. This is what I want to do. Oh, cool. And so then when I was a senior in high school, I started working in a salon as a hairstylist or pardon me, as a receptionist, but I was always standing next to the hairstylist, you know, watching, asking questions. Why are you doing it this way? You know, what's going on? They're like, you need to be in beauty school. You need to go to go to school. So I went to school and in 1999, um, I graduated as a, a cosmetologist, and I've been doing it ever since. And that's that's actually something that uh, I was going to ask. That w- would you say the the majority of people in say the hair and makeup world are coming from that direction, from a cosmetology direction? Well, definitely, all the hairstylists are definitely coming from a cosmetology um, direction. You have to have a, a license in hairstyling in order to be to touch that. hair. Yes. Okay. Makeup artists, you don't. You don't have to have a license. So, or there's no license for them to technically have in the states anyway. Huh. Um, so they're they're not. But I mean, m- almost all of the the friends that I have have been to some sort of makeup school. Some of them have been self-taught. Some of them that have been self-taught are one of the most amazing makeup artists I've ever met. But for me as a hairstylist, you have to go to to school to have a license. Okay. And then obviously in school, you're getting some on on the whatever, on the job training kind of thing. In beauty school, you are taught how to pass the state board exam, at least when I was in school 100 years ago. That's mainly what they were teaching was, you know, sanitation, um, some haircutting techniques, maybe some coloring techniques and how to not fry someone's hair off. You learn, you go to esteology, so you have some, you know, you learn a little bit about the skin. You have, you do do some nails, so it's all well-rounded, so then you can kind of decide what area you want to go into after that. But really mainly where you get your education is by um, mentoring under someone after cosmetology school. You want to go and apprentice with someone. So I went, I moved to the West Coast. I worked for a company called Tony and Guy. They got all of their education and training from Vidal Sassoon. Oh, wow. So I worked with them for four years. And after that, I was like, I need to go back home to New Orleans. I was done being on the West Coast. So I came back to New Orleans and worked here for a salon in the French Quarter for exactly one year. 
And then Katrina happened. Oh, wow. And I ended up back on the West Coast again. <laughs> that was a total mind fuck. Like, how yeah. did I end up here? And so I was in Portland for another year, came back to New Orleans, started working for the same salon. And it was just, everything was so up in the air it, right after Katrina, 2006. Everything was, nothing was ready. It, the city was still a mess. Um, the salon that I was working for was really struggling. So I went on Craigslist and I was like, I need to find something to do. I don't want to work for the salon anymore. I really want to figure out like what my next step is. And so I found a listing for, it was anonymous. It said, come and do makeup for this person. Give us a call. And so I called them and I answered this ad and I ended up doing probably one of the most awful jobs ever. <laughs> I was working selling makeup at Walmart for oh, wow. some okay. some like you know promotional for a makeup brand that was being sold at Walmart. They wanted you to come and like help them sell this brand and I was like this is so not what I had envisioned, but the girl that I was working with it was like a Mary Kay thing. It or? was yeah, it was kind of like you know there's a little like table set up and they have mm. you know, they're launching this new makeup this makeup line is launching this new collection and they're selling it at Walmart on Berman highway. And I was just like, this is wow. a nightmare, but the girl that I was doing, it, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> but the girl that I was doing it with was working for uh, WLAE and mm. WIAS um, and was moving to Atlanta and needed someone to take her job. So how you right do place, it. right time. Exactly. That's how it all kind of happened. And that's how it started. So I went and I started working on two little bitty tiny television shows on WLAE on Fridays. So I would go for my, at that point I had my own haircutting studio on Magazine Street. So I would drive from Magazine Street to um, City Park on Friday at like two o'clock, which is a terrible time to get there <laughs> for $80 for two shows, which was pennies but i met all the people that put me in touch with i worked for the nfl network um in los angeles i moved to los angeles to work for the nfl network i worked for the super bowl here in new orleans this is how i met all the people that really got my foot into the door to work for film and television in new orleans wow so that terrible job on the west <laughs> bank working at walmart is how I got here. That is amazing. And that's also, we, we love exploring how everyone got in because we keep telling everyone that there's not a right way, a wrong way, or one way. And it's hilarious how you can even, without trying, sometimes trip and fall ass backwards into this industry. Yeah. And then other people are just gunning for it from day one. They get in, you know, so it's, it's always amazing. And uh, that is incredible, especially... For those who are not familiar as much with New Orleans, the West Bank is the other side of the river, the Mississippi you may know, and um, it's a lovely place, very noble people, um, and uh, it's also incredibly painful to get to, and it's annoying, and uh, we need more bridges. But, <laughs> well, um, and yeah. I mean... Your next guest, Amy Weinberg, lives on the West Bank. And Incredibly, she currently lives on the West Bank. Yes, and <laughs> she is an amazing hair, makeup artist and fantastic yeah. person. And, I mean, no shade on the West Bank. Yeah, exactly. In quotations. Noble people. <laughs> um, when you said Berman Highway, and I was like, 
Oh, Hong Kong market. Like, that's, yeah, that's, like, like out there. They do not slag. Yeah, the Hong Kong market is awesome. Yeah, there's a couple. Shout out to the Hong Kong market. There's some redeeming factors of the West Bank. Yeah. You know, it's not yes. all terrible, but uh, yeah. It's- uh, there was also a, well, it feels like maybe it was a year ago now, but somehow a, a promotional. Um, move to the West Bank video had gone viral locally again that was from like the early 80s. I don't know oh, if y'all saw I this. Saw that. It's it was amazing. Um, uh, apparently in like circa 1982, the West Bank specifically had made a move to the West Bank promotional video and it is... <laughs> A gym. Yeah, I'm going yes. to yeah. be going and looking for that we'll, one lately. Yeah, later. we'll find it. We'll post it on the on the website. Yeah. It's uh, it's a, a treat. Um, but uh, uh, getting back to more important things. Um, so uh, so that is an amazing uh, trail from a Walmart to the industry. Um, you might that might be our best story we've heard yet. Um, in all honesty. Uh, so I'm a fan of answering the mysterious ads on the internet as well. That's right. That's right. We that's talked, how I got yeah, it. Yeah. We talked about it before I forgot. That's right. You had done the Craigslist. Yeah. Um, There's just one sentence, uh, you know. We should reiterate that there are some wonderful uh, opportunities sometimes that you can find on Craigslist. There's also, as most people probably know, a lot of shady stuff. That Proceed with caution. Yes. And... What we I, now that I remember what we had said before was there's not a lot of difference in the wording between the legit and the shady. That's part of what makes it so difficult. It's like, is it, it, it's an adventure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was definitely an adventure. Yeah, for sure. Um, still waiting on money for that male model. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, did you cry? Um, well, only because they asked me to. Um, <laughs> They, oh, like for that. some reason, yeah, he was like, Ooh, yeah, he's like, money. this works better if you cry and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm still here. But, uh, so, uh, um, I'm, I'm so derailed. So, uh, That's what I'm here for. yeah, right. So, um, getting your foot in the door. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you and then later, I, I think we will talk about it with Amy as well. Cause I think it's, it's definitely a key thing for a lot of us in different departments, especially hair and makeup, but it's the day playing world. And we haven't talked much about day playing uh, yet, but uh, could you speak a little bit about getting your foot in the door kind of, you you mentioned a little bit about making the contacts and everything, but uh, as far as getting your foot in the door, getting the experience and kind of climbing that ladder of the department. Yeah. So my husband is a grip. So he was working on NCIS and I was just starting, I had just gotten into the union, was still trying to make contacts. And so he was working on NCIS. So he went to the department head of NCIS. It's like, here's my wife's name. She just got into the union. She's really, you know, really eager to work. And at this time in New Orleans, there was so much work going on. There was tons of, you know, tons of work. You could really pick and choose what you wanted to do. So Margot Fox called me up. She was the department head of Shout NCIS. Out Shout out, Margot. Um, she called me up and she's like, hey, I would love for you to come and, and, and day play with us on NCIS. And at the point at that time, I was thinking, my goodness, like the, the last thing that I want to do is spend my day doing military haircuts. Because when you are a day player and you're working in background, you know, you're, you're prepping, you're getting everybody ready. And this was the very early season. This was season one of NCIS. So they were really kind of really trying to play by the book, you know, have everybody, all the, the background guys look you know, like they were really in the military. So we were, you know, doing all the haircuts, doing, 
you know, really super tight fades. Thank goodness they didn't make us do any high and tights. But anyway, originally I told her no. Mm. So it's not my jam. I really <laughs> don't want to do this. There's, you know, there, there's so many other things going on. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I hung up. Well, two hours later, I get an email and it's my call time. And I'm like, Margo, I I appreciate it. But she's like, here's your call time. I'll see you on Monday. And I was like, okay, well, I guess here we go. Like I hadn't booked anything else. I'm like, I guess I'll go and 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 day play. And day playing turned Good for Margo. Yeah. She's yeah. like, here like, you go. I'll yeah. see no, you. No, no, I, I do yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. Totally didn't accept that. And <laughs> Like, oh, oh, okay. I mean, my husband was working on it. We weren't married at the time. We were dating. So like, yeah, just, you know, I'll go over there and play. You know, there's lots of fun people that work over there. You know, it'll, it'll be fun for a couple of days or whatever. And that turned into seven seasons. Oh, wow. (laughs) I went from um, being in background and then I was moved up into the trailer. And then at some point moved up to, I think it was when, was I? key under Margo? God, I don't even remember anymore. But at, when Vani came in, I I um, was the key. And then we really kind of started. She was out for some personal reasons. So I would kind of slide up or, over into the department head position and really just kind of just helped her out as much as I could with the personal things that she and had And this is years on. in, right? This is f- three years in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah three years in. Uh, yeah, because otherwise, like if it, if this happened in like say season one, and no, you, come on, you would have been thrown to the wolves, basically, right? Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely was not that high up in the hierarchy of the trailer, right? At the Se- time, no, yeah, season yeah. one, season one, I was for sure background, you know, in the trailer here and there. When you're working background, you're like out in the tr- out in the tent. You come into the trailer if they need you, if they feel like you know, you're comfortable to take care of main talent if for some reason they need you to. Right. Um, but otherwise, if you're, if you're a day player, you're, you're, you're support, you're making sure that they have everything that they need. You're taking care of the background. You're running around doing everything else. When you come up into the trailer, then you're working on main cast. Then you have a little bit more um, freedom. And I, I guess meaning like, they trust you more to work on main actors or main talent. And then when you're the key, you're basically working on anybody and everybody, whoever, whoever needs help. Mm. And of course your own actors too. Right. And for, since we're talking about TV for an episodic actor, that's maybe like a one-off, like they're just the character for that one episode who usually would handle that person? Cause that's like a feature, but it's only maybe for that one episode. I guess it kind of depends on what they're doing. I mean, the a department head is going to hire a team that, and make sure that everyone is, that their team is well-rounded. So like on NCIS, we had Paul Anthony, um, shout out Paul Anthony. Oh yeah, man, um, legend. <laughs> legend, yeah. legend. And so he was our barber. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, somebody that can do one of, you know, everybody, make sure that everybody is covered. And so it just depends on who's coming in. Or, you know, maybe my actor's not working for that episode so much. So maybe I'll take care of that, that guest actor. It just, your department head makes kind of that decision of who's working on who. That makes sense. And, and kind of where people's specialties might be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Where, yeah. Who, who can best take care of the part of the actor. So if we can, because you're our first hero rep, can you break down a a typical 
uh, hair department, uh, as we kind of previously stated, that can come with a lot of variables. But it, if you were to kind of like talk to a layman about like what would be a, a stereotypical like top to bottom hair department, the positions like uh, um, like the hierarchy, your, your hierarchy, yeah, yeah, the hierarchy. So there's the department head, mm-hmm. and so they're coming in, they're you know breaking down scripts, they're hiring the department. Then there's the key, and their support to the department head. Then you have um, then the, the hairstylist, and it depends on how many hairstylists you can have on your crew. Usually you have the, the gosh, the third mm-hmm. who is behind the, the key, and then you have additionals. And that third, if they do exist, like because obviously like our shows, whether it's a movie or a TV series and size of show, budget all can play factors into it. But um, if you have a, a third that is a full-time on a project, do they kind of operate, I'm trying to think, like like a sort of like a gang boss would, where it's like if you have your your key position in a department and then you sort of have that right-hand person to that key, it's it's a similar situation. For right? sure. Yeah, definitely. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a, a interesting thing that we do have a commonality across our departments is that there's always – like I'll use set deck as an example where you have a lead man who is basically the boots on the ground for the decorator, but then typically they can have a gang boss, which is their right hand person kind of operating in a similar way, but we do trend that way in our department. We're all support to the department head. We're all making sure that, that the project that the department heads vision, which is the director's vision is executed. So really we're all just trying to make, make it work. And, and we haven't gotten into this yet. I don't think we talked about it when you were first on Heather Ray, but personals is uh, a thing that happens in our industry, which an actor might have their own hair person. They might have their own makeup artist. They might have their own costumer that will travel with them to the project. When a personal uh, comes on, say like in a hair capacity, how does that person come in as far as a department or are they just kind of their own thing and you leave them be? So personals isn't something that I've actually had been able to really experience. I, I guess on one show on Blackbird, um, Taryn Egerton had, oh, okay. had a personal. So they come in, they take care of, of them, and then they're out of there. Mm-hmm. It's it's a totally different they're not really dealing with anybody in the department, anybody else. They don't have to really deal with anybody else in the, um, in the department. They come, they do them and they're gone. It's the same thing in the costume department with costume personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That kind of, you know, the way you say it, that kind of makes it sound more like a blessing than a curse. Cause it's one less person you have Depends to deal with. Depends on the actor. With. True. Yeah, it definitely. A very fair point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a whole situation. So, I was trying to to remember. Is Oskia was the uh, costumer that was Sam Jackson's costumer, right? I don't know. I, I thought didn't. we I thought we had that conversation. No, no, no. She um, was absolutely lovely. I worked with her a few different times. Uh, she had traveled in. Um, uh, originally, I met her as Sam Jackson's costumer, but she traveled in. On, it's been so long, but she traveled in another show as someone else's costumer. And it was like, oh my god, welcome back! Like it was just so random, you know, kind of thing. And uh, shout out to her and her uh, uh, significant other who is named Jed, which is very memorable for me. <laughs> but uh, she was lovely. And I don't have a lot of interaction with personals, but she was someone who 
because of the nature of those shows, I had more involvement than maybe on an average show with, with, with a, a costume capacity. And I was very happy, fortunate, whatever you want to say to have that experience. And so, uh, but I can definitely see where, you know, an outside person that's a personal request, maybe there's a personality clash or something, or, or just they haven't been there to vibe or gel with the department. And so it's kind of like that out outside kind of thing, but that happens to everybody in every department. But that awkwardness I do want to get into because uh, we talked about it a little bit before we were recording, but the trailer, the trailer is, um, would you describe it as a sanctuary maybe? 100% um, for sure. As a PA uh, many moons ago, the first time I was ever tasked with going to relay a note to the uh, hair and makeup world, I did not know I was about to step into the most awkward like thing. You know, I might as well have shit my pants when I went in there. But basically, if if you imagine, for anyone listening, imagine like that jukebox stopping kind of feel. Um, the record scratch. Right. But but up the ante. Like this is more like um, like a black man stumbling into a Klan rally. Like oh, it's, it's, I it's, mean. I'm going to put it way up there because it's like, oh, okay. Uh, wow. Um, well, <clears throat> the eighties <clears throat> uh, just wanted to say that, um, uh, they're uh, 10 minutes and, um, and everyone is giving you the stink eye, this evil eye and everything. And you're like, you know, your voice is cracking like puberty came back and in hindsight, it's hilarious. And over the years, like it's no longer a big deal. But those initial experiences, I think a lot of people go through a similar thing uh, with y'all. <laughs> yeah, the, the hair trailer, the hair and makeup trailer is, you know, it can be, uh, we try to make it a total sanctuary for the actors. You have people coming in, you know, we're the first people that they see typically in the morning. We're getting them ready for, you know, these big scenes. They can be, you know, uncomfortable scenes. They, they need to be in the zone. They're reading their script. We've got directors coming in, giving them notes. We've got, you know, PAs coming in telling us we have, you know, 10 minutes when the actor didn't come in, you know, till half an hour after they were supposed to. Things can get really crazy in there. And so then you have this poor Jen baby PA come yeah. in and you want to just give us one little note. And it's like, we are under the gun, really trying to make sure that we get them out because of course it's always hair and makeup. Y'all do small. become the scapegoats. You know, it's always, oh, hundred percent. Always yeah, not on radio. That's another thing. Right. Like, exactly. Oh, we can say whatever we want. Yeah, Sorry. Y'all get trashed. Yeah. By, yeah. And uh, we, and we know that we do, but it's like, what are we supposed to do? You know, like actors come in and they're not ready to, to be worked on or they're just in a, in a crappy mood or, you know, they're, avocado wasn't sliced properly on their toast or, you know, whatever that actually has happened. Well, I think that's part of the reason you know? yeah, why that, you're not That did not on... feel left field when you said it. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, it is not. Um, I mean, that's part of the reason why you're not on walkie, too, because if there was an open walkie in that trailer, oh, my God. oh no, yeah. no, yeah. actors don't need to hear it. Nobody wants, no. <laughs> and and we, and you spoiler know, alert, too. Uh, sorry, no tea will be spilled about trailer because, like we said, sanctuary. So uh, apologies to any listeners hoping for. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we just get to hear it after the mic. Yeah, now, now, off mic, we're going to have so much fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and if you hear any weird, jumpy edits, it's yeah. just, <laughs> It's not Justin's fault. He's doing the best he can. Right. Exactly. But uh, uh, 
uh, in a more polite world, I've always, we, we've mentioned it before, shout out to Eric Hayes. I, I always enjoy, Eric Hayes would always say, uh, he would refer to actors as herd of turtles. Um, <laughs> like the, the speed of them arriving it, to and set. And it, <laughs> it is so true. Like there was this, you know, one actress that would come in all the time, not going to say what show. And she would just be like, God, I just really just had to go to the bathroom and I had to go at home and sorry, I'm an hour late. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're telling me this right now. Like, I don't care. Like you don't have to tell me everything. Right. Like I, I don't need to know that. That does not help me at all. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Let me turn around to the eighties and go, well, you see, um, there's some home time bathroom. Yeah. Situation, so, so, going situation on. that had to happen. Yeah, like, what I'm, what I'm going to need you guys to do is travel me to this person's uh, place of stay. <laughs> so I can start working on their hair in the bathroom. And the While toilet. Yeah. On the toilet. On the While toilet. On the toilet. Because that is my life. Right oh now. my gosh. Um, I'm sure there's a universe where that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> as sad as that is. That's got to be a thing, right? It yeah, will not God. it will not be me. Yeah. <laughs> you better get paid a lot. It will not be a me. Lot, a lot. <laughs> that's a um uh I always think of uh what, what was it? Is it Jay and Everybody Silent Bob Strike advice. Back? I think that uh uh Chris Rock is is playing a director, but the whole thing's about a booger in the coffee. I have experienced a very similar thing in real life and it is traumatic so like years later when i saw that movie and i see chris rock with the pa going is there a booger in my coffee <laughs> and the pa's like no there's no booger in your coffee like you, you can tell how tired and disheveled they are Every and everything day. and you're like oh my god that's a thing that is a mm -hmm. real thing that that did not come from a place of imagination no what i think what would be great for people to hear though uh in terms of the trailer is in your words, in a perfect world, how would you like someone to be approaching, entering? Uh, what would be your preferred process for someone coming for to coming the coming into the trailer? Yeah. So Maddie Applewhite, oh, shout, shout out, out to wow, Maddie yeah. Applewhite. She was so incredible. Apple, she, apple bottom jeans. <laughs> apple bottom jeans. She was amazing. We loved her when she left the show. Everyone was so devastated. Mm -hmm. um, but she would just. Um, come up she didn't knock she opened the door and she would just wait for someone to acknowledge her and not in a weird or like disrespectful way you know mm -hmm. we, she would just like stand there and just be like okay guys i've got something to say and then as soon as everyone could get to a stopping point you know she would tell us what was going on and it's it's was so nice because we are like trying to get everything done but she was just so part of the team mm. just come up give us a second we'll you know acknowledge and and get to it and that's it like one of there was another people that come and like cop knock on the door <laughs> and wait for us to answer the door i'm like i'm not stopping what i'm doing because i'm gonna get yelled at because i'm taking too long like just like don't please don't cop knock like just come in, tell me what you need, and then go. That's the perfect way. That's see, that's good to know because nowadays I think, uh, and I do this with any trailer, but I'll knock and then just open. It's yes. basically like that's yep. my heads up yep. that I'm yep. coming. I'm, I'm walking in. Yeah, yeah you, 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 just. But I don't wait. No, I no, no. Do please wait. do not wait. Yeah. Just come in, mm -hmm. open the door. If we're all like, like really super like concentrating. Yeah. Come yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and no one wants to yell yeah. and the actors in the chair who's reading their script or doing whatever they're doing doesn't want to hear us yelling 
just come in. Yeah, exactly. And if like everybody's like really working, you know, maybe like, hey guys, I've got some news for you. And then everybody will be like, okay, what's going on? And then get out. Yeah. That knock I always feel is basically, that's my heads up to go. If you're talking about something that I do not need to hear, <laughs> this is my warning. I'm, a, I'm entering. So knock, knock. Mm -hmm. Now I open. And so, you know, if someone's like in the middle of like, so I stole the Nazi gold from the, oh, uh, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, hold I guess, on. you know, a, a, like a, you know, tap, tap, come on in. But the cop knock, you guys, it's uh, like, cop knock's not good. No, please don't do the Nobody cop knock. Likes that. No, it's in any situation. Jarring. Onset, offset, no, no, that. please don't do the cop knock. No, tap, tap, they got to have an AD in. in their ear just screaming, just go bust down the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we know that's what's happening, you yeah. know, and that's why we don't have a walkie in there because we're all getting yeah. shit talked. Why the fuck are they taking so long? Oh, it's because she wouldn't get out the bathroom, <laughs> and she will not be thrown under the bus. It'll be all. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's at the end of the day. No, that's the worst part. For sure. What do you mean? You she she's not done, and then it's like, oh well, because she was in this bathroom in this house situation. It's like, what? No, I don't care. Why is the hair not done? That's all. That's all the ad wants to know. That hair just doesn't just happen though, and that's what I feel like. So many people on set, you know, ads don't understand is that hair doesn't just. Like, I can't just wave a magic wand. Like, mm. they have to be, like, rolled up and, you know, it's humid. It's New Orleans. It's raining. Whatever. I have to take those curls down. I have to fix their hair. Like, hair moves. We have to come in and reset it, you know. If y'all want continuity to look good, and please, that is one thing. Continuity. Oh, my gosh. Watching a, a show. Hair is the worst it, it, Thing the, to have to deal with continuity because yeah, I, it's I well, well, and if you're a hairstylist that's not paying attention, or if you're sitting there on your phone, or you're doing whatever, you're not paying attention, then it's going. The continuity is going to suck. Like you really have to pay attention to where they cut, where it was before they started, all of these things. But then production also needs to understand that, like, if you want that continuity to look good, and you don't want their hair to be over their shoulder, and then all of a sudden it's over here, we have to go in and, and reset, and that's what lax looks are for. So many people like to just completely roll through last looks. It's like, well, then it's not going to be the same yeah. because hair moves. So are you going to like after, after take, take, after, after take, take, after take, and it's, it's like, not well, going to be the, what? your continent one of those is, is going to be different and stick with it. Yeah. And it, that is something too, that can be very noticeable too. When, mm. you, is, when you notice well, And it's because it's gaps. around their face yeah. and that's yeah. the focus, yeah. honestly, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, yes, there's clothes and there's this and there's yeah. blah, 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 blah. But when actors are speaking, people are, people are moving, looking at their face. They're putting, you know, they're putting their hair behind their ear and then you come back, you know, a second later and their hair is, you know, in front of their ear it's like or it was behind their shoulder and now it's in front of their shoulder it's like do you want it to match or not yeah if you don't want it to match then keep going mm -hmm. if you don't care um what's i the, care what's the longest you've had somebody in the chair for Ooh. oh geez Ooh. well there's it, it depends on the project it really depends on what you're doing my goal is to get them in and out as quickly as possible you know like i want to get their hair done as quickly as possible. If they have a hairstyle that needs to be clean, like it needs to be a nice updo and their hair is filthy dirty, well then I'm going to have to start over. You know, I have to shampoo them, blow dry them, get their hair so it's going to look nice. It, it just depends on if they came in how they were supposed to. And that's kind of on the actor. You know, if they come in, their hair's filthy dirty, they didn't wash it the night before. And maybe I asked them to, or maybe I didn't ask them to. There's so many variables. Mm. It just, it really depends on the project. It depends. I, I, that's that, what I was wondering too. How much, like, uh, how often do actors come in with just dirty hair? Oh gosh, it's, wash it? it's happened, you know, 
it's happened a lot. You come in with, with filthy hair and it's supposed to be a nice pristine bob. Like, well, mm. but a lot of times the department will be like, put some dry shampoo in that. We don't have time to go and wash their hair. That's how they're going to go on camera. And that kills me. I don't yeah. want anybody to go on camera looking how they're not supposed to. Maybe they're supposed to look like that. Well, then great. They're definitely, um, I mean, we, we definitely will stay vague, but I, even in a props capacity, I have definitely been around actors that are absolute slobs of humans. And it's shocking, it, even though it shouldn't be shocking, and no matter how many years you're around, but how they're still alive and how they're still functioning because they're so <laughs> hapless and disheveled. And like they arrive to company um, in such a mess or disarray. And you're like, how are you? alive like you should have somehow fallen down a well by now or some other and dumb. you have an assistant and yeah <laughs> oh, and you have an assistant or possibly two or possibly one assistant is meant to answer your phone because you have an issue with cellular stuff around your brain but you have a problem <laughs> with your assistant answering a cell phone and their brain getting scrambled like oh it's so true. Even though we know who we're talking about, <laughs> oh, we're going to yeah. keep that. We'll big. keep that. We'll keep uh, but that. I, I do. We talked about that. In an we did. Already. We did. I probably did say their name. <laughs> um, um, they're otherwise a lovely person. I just thought that was really rude. Um, I have a brain thing that I don't want to, but my assistant will totally take care of that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> expendable. Uh, anyway, but I did want to. Uh, I, I, because this is a scenario of something that I experienced, but I wanted you to speak to it, like what, how you would handle this, basically. So I did a project with Travolta, and at the time, Travolta was still hiding. And I, I think I'm safe to say this because he is openly bald now. But at the time that I worked with him, he was still kind of hiding it. And so what was interesting is that to the crew around set, he didn't really care. But when it came to public appearance and everything, he always had to have like wig hair pieces on and stuff like that. So he wouldn't go out publicly without having himself done up and, and those kind of things. So it was kind of an interesting experience, interesting dynamic because he was aware of and concerned about his public portrayal, but he was also very comfortable around the crew and didn't care. Like I, I would have to go grab props from his trailer and he would be completely out of hair and makeup by that point. And he's like, Hey, what's up? And it's like, all right, I, I'm trying to understand what's cool and what's not. Um, but uh, uh, if, if you were, were dealing with an actor's sensitivity or something like that, how does that information even like get to you? Is that like their assistant giving you a heads up? Is that production going, Hey, X, Y, Z, you need to be aware of how, how do you it's even either, get the info? It's either an assistant or the department has going to let me know, or sometimes even the, the actor will let you know, Yeah, you know, and as a hairstylist for me, I, I protecting them in any way that I can, yeah, you know, sure. whatever, whatever they need. This is my workaround of the sanctuary. Um, it's giving you a scenario you haven't had to deal with. Um, that, that's a good example, though, of that sensitivity yeah. that can be there. That is a lot of that uh, world that you know people still want some level of privacy or something like that, or people care about you know how their hair gets teased or something like that. Oh, for sure. And I've definitely worked with actors and actresses that have had some sort of ish with them. You know, they're whatever it may be, and you just. You have to, you know, be around these people daily, very early in the morning till very late at night. And mm -hmm. so you just learn to be compassionate with whatever it is that is going on with them. 
you know, just be a compassionate person and just make sure that they're comfortable because and sometimes you have to adjust your personality to fit to theirs. Oh, uh, we, you know, I, mean, that's, I mean, we all do that. Yeah. No, but yeah, we that's all part that, that, but that's, that's part of the part job. Of the job. Exactly. If you're going to be In working with, department. yeah, mm-hmm. if you're going to be yeah. working with these but especially people, especially with somebody who works so closely like you do and you know, I do as yeah. well, but you, I mean, you are literally in their face like and for hours. Yes, and sometimes. a lot of times there they can be per, this one particular actress was kind of tough to deal with for other people, but for whatever reason she just thought that I was like the bee's knees and I was just like, "Well, then yes, please you're, take it as a I I take it as a blessing yeah. and yeah. thank goodness did I think that she was bonkers 100%. No. But no, I am know, very. I, I'm gonna <laughs> still turn it on me. Just, just don't turn, turn your crazy yeah. on me, please. And we're gonna do just fine. And somehow, mm-hmm. somehow we made it. We we made it through. But I, I even had an an actress on a show that was very flippantly telling me. And at that time, I was way down the totem pole. I was just like a day playing uh, prop person. And this actress is just like telling me all about her uh colonic uh dietary and i'm like good to know um i'll take that in consideration if i ever do that uh you know i'm like thank you for that info and they're and they're basically just like you're welcome oh, you know kind of thing are you giving me a heads up that this is a prop i'm going to need <laughs> <laughs> to the show later are you just feeling uh, me out here What's i need happening? to be clear i don't do enema type things uh that's not a prop it's if camera doesn't see it, it will involve ma'am. an intimacy coordinator uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Pre-date, that's predating an intimacy oh, yeah. coordinator. I would love to get an intimacy coordinator on at some point because we actually were joking last night about um, uh, what was it in relation to this. Uh, we were watching, long short, we're watching a movie and there's a sex scene and the joke somebody yelled out was only two thrusts. And that was what we were laughing about. And then it kind of segued to. <laughs> An intimacy coordinator right. is now essentially this uh, middle person mm-hmm. <laughs> that the between the actors and production. This yet another, um, uh, it's like American capitalism at its best. Uh, enter another middleman <laughs> into a situation. So this person negotiates now what's acceptable for a sex scene between the actors and the uh, production. And so they're kind of like uh, speaking on the actor's behalf. And so the joke last night was, some intimacy coordinator going two thrusts, no more, no less. That happens. <laughs> and yeah. I work in very, I mean, because yeah. basically mm-hmm. the intimacy coordinator does the job that I've always yep. done as a mm-hmm. costume person, yep. you know, I mean, there are other elements to it, but yeah, and, I, you know, and you know, sometimes they're very helpful. Most of the time, I think because it's such a new position, they're kind of oh, yeah. like make things a little edgier than it necessarily mm-hmm. needs to be because. And this is, this is, uh, you know, maybe shout out to women in film, but uh, this is, if you're an all-male department and you're something, say, like props or even costumes, although that, that would be very rare, um, Yes. this is where you really need a female in your department because that is who is typically allowed to stay on set. The guy is not. Mm-hmm. I've only had one on-set experience. It was a 50-cent movie. It was weird. <laughs> I did not want to be in the room. I was more uncomfortable than they were. 
uh, because normally I'm not allowed in the room, but instead they're like, Jed, get in here. I'm like, I don't think I need to be in here. You know, I'm going to mime it. And this is, you know, an audio format, but basically it's like my back is to the them and I have my arm outreach behind me (laughs) and I'm kind of like leaning backwards to like, here, here's the sex toy. This is weird. What's weirder is the motion of your arm that you are making. Well, sorry, podcast listeners, yeah. but that was good stuff. It looked like. Where's your video now? Yeah, it looked like I had palsy for anyone that wanted to. I got to know what 50 Cent movie this is. Uh, you know. Sex toys. I've, I've worked on more than one 50 project, so I'll have to let you guess. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, unfortunately, we've got to start winding it down. And I, you are one of the departments that I feel like I have a million questions uh, for because y'all fascinate me but it's it's just such a I think part of it's it's the mystique of it because there's a little bit of cloak and dagger with the trailer and everything and there's there's I don't know there's just so much to it in in kind of winding down getting out of here what would be say like some advice uh, that you could impart for people maybe whether it can be anything it's like people interested in getting in the industry people interested in hair specifically uh, maybe you want to offer bad advice that you're like, <laughs> do not enter this industry. You, oh, you stole mine. I know, I know uh, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, if you don't like long hours, if you don't like working in the mud, if you don't like bugs, <laughs> right. the cold, if you don't like heat, you don't like rain. cold. Yeah. yeah. All of those things don't get in here. If you like spending time with your friends, if you want to have a family, don't get in here. Um, <laughs> like, uh, if you like to see your if children, you like to see your kids. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't ever want to see your kids, come do this. Um, No, I I think one of the biggest things coming into this is really just being humble. I feel like there's a lot of newbies coming in and, you know, like Instagram and, you know, influencers and be humble, come in here and and don't have a, a big chip on your shoulder. Come in, know your job, be supportive, be helpful and then go home and be open to learning. Don't yes, don't please like, yeah. know yes. that you don't know yet. Yeah, that's, and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Admirable. That, I think that was one thing that we didn't cover on this is that the one of the biggest things for me working in this industry is learning from some really amazing hairstylists. I've had the opportunity to work next to some of the most influential hairstylists. Paul Anthony is really one of the biggest one. Vonnie Hinkle, may she rest in peace. Oh, yeah, she RIP. was. Yeah. She was a thorn in my side a lot of times, but man, I learned so much from her. And yeah, it's it's been a really great experience. So if I ever do go back to work, <laughs> if we any ever, of us, if ever any of us ever work, go back to work, um, yeah. when. when we go back yeah. to work, yeah, just be humble, ask questions. If you don't know what you're doing, it's okay. Say something. Please don't fake it till you make it because it's going to go on camera and look like garbage and you're not doing yourself or your team that you're working with any favors. So, yeah, just go in and be humble. No, that's fantastic. And watch continuity, please. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think we're all guilty of it at some point or another, but that is something that we, we didn't. Uh, get to but once the actors are on set we we should mention this real quick once the actors on set once filming is happening and everything the reps the the say like the hair rep the the makeup rep like y'all have come to set you have a monitor to look at you are watching for that continuity that is what's happening sometimes we are all guilty because you know heather ray being here we're all continuity people props costumes hair makeup you know um and 
if scripty's not looking uh, close enough, if we're not looking close enough, that's when mistakes start and happening. And it's going to be that one time when you turn away from yeah. them on. Yeah, yeah you turn away from time. you exactly. turn away for one second, then something happens, or and then someone wants to ask you a question. And you're like, oh my gosh, I literally looked away for one second. Yeah. Five <laughs> takes in a row, it was fine. Right. <laughs> and I and then and I then, really really had to pee. And then this delicious <laughs> catering <laughs> tray comes by from Crafty <laughs> with scallops <laughs> because we're so. You know, just uh, mistreated, <laughs> and this wonderful scallop snack came by, and I missed it. So, uh, eating crafty scallops. Yeah, well, that was on a you know eighty million dollar movie. Um, uh, Tom Cruise, um, but uh, <laughs> he's a story of his own. Um, oh my gosh! But I, I will say, he was very pleasant. Um, uh, but his team. He comes with the biggest entourage I've ever seen, more than like a rapper. <laughs> and I mean, I think he had a 15 person entourage, and they were definitely on high alert. I, because I mean, he has high demands, you know? And so we, on, uh, I've done two things that he was on, but uh, there was a, I'm trying to keep it as vague as I can. Someone was not a, Johnny on the spot, so to speak, and they went home the next day and were they were re replaced. Um, and that said, he was very lovely to everyone else, but he had high demands for his own people. And it's understandable. Like, hey, I paid to travel you out. You're part of my contractual deal. Like, I expect, you know, big things. So, I mean, it's understandable, but... I mean, if you can afford to hire people to deal with the details, they, you know, yeah. there it is. I do not want that pressure. Um, because Ooh. that scallop tray is going to come by on that Tom Cruise movie, and I am going to screw up. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, anywho, um, uh, Natalie, uh, or, or actually, uh, Justin, Heather, anything I, I missed that we can cover? Oh, real tons quick? of stuff. I know, we exactly. We could sit here and talk mm -hmm. to another Natalie hour. for another hour at least. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Natalie, anything you want to say before you get out of here? No, I think we're good for right now. I don't want to be spilling any tea that I'm not supposed to spill. So. No, we'll have you back on for a specific tea spilling episode where uh, we talk so vague, no one knows what we're saying. Well, then I have stories. Yeah. You're like, this <laughs> androgynous person on this could have been a film or a TV series uh, right? did a thing that, yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, and uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. we're. I hope, hope to see you on set soon. Oh, gosh, me too. Yeah, All right. Same. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Oh, how cool. I uh, love the hair department. Um, Justin, uh, you typically don't have a lot of interaction with hair and makeup. Uh, so uh, just curious for your take on it. Was that educational, surprising, entertaining? Uh, Super educational. I didn't know that they have to do half of the things that they that they do. It was, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of, of it, you know, in that. And I know most of our jobs aren't glamorous, you know, but I... I would I would have thought before, before Natalie came that it was a little bit more glamorous than it is. <laughs> yeah. the mystique uh, is, yeah. is is worn yeah, yeah. off a little and and because uh, Heather Ray's with us I I did want to uh, touch on something that uh, we didn't get to uh, talk with Natalie about but we've kind of danced around it a little bit in other episodes but I really want to hammer in how incredibly departmental we are as a film um, company. Um, and there's always going to be crossovers, gray areas, things like that. And the reason I'm bringing this up is to, in an attempt to educate some of the listeners that don't know, 
using an example like like props and hair. If if a lock of hair maybe gets cut off by an actor and is gifted to another character, or maybe uh, an actor has to remove a wig in a scene that's like maybe a disguise or something like that, and then suddenly uh, we see a suitcase that has other wigs because they're a spy or something like that. Well, that's an entire conversation that props and hair is going to have about these things, and these are examples of these crossovers. Um, All right. Do we see these wigs el- elsewhere in the movie? Uh, should they be the same thing with clothes? Like, yep. oh, is there? There's a closet of clothes, and props or set deck, depending, will come out to costumes and say, "We need uh, a few pieces of clothing that they actually wear from their actual closet that we see in elsewhere in the in the movie." And so, yes, it's always very interdepartmental, and we are we have to be friends. Yes, and. Props and Costumes actually has a ton of crossover in areas. And sometimes, because I've known certain rules for so long, that sometimes when I'm with younger people that maybe aren't as savvy to some of these like lines that were drawn years ago before I was even in, you know, in the industry. But um, I'll say it, and like maybe the example is uh, that I'll use for this is um, uh, maybe a bag versus a, p- a purse or a clutch or something like that. And I had always a gray area, always a, a, an argument between the so two department things, heads. Two things. One is it was always explained to me that where you draw the general line between props and costumes, for example, is does the item in question, does it, uh, is it part of the overall look mm-hmm. of the costume? Does it accentuate the costume? or does it transcend several costumes? And uh, to give an example inside of those is say jewelry, where a wedding band would transcend several costumes because the character is married, props does that. But let's say uh, it's a bracelet that matches to a dress that the uh, character has on that would be costumes in that. That's like a general line drawing, however, this there is, are always different there's things. There's always like, exceptions. Like if there's a locket that becomes a prop exactly. more than, in, you know, and normally like I'll have a co- one and props will have one. Yep. So we have each other's backs yes. if something gets left behind in a trailer, and for instance, or <laughs> right. such. Uh, that's the story of my life is chasing down actors. <laughs> yes, yes, same, same, same. Uh, like uh, right first first stop is the costume trailer. Have they gone to the costume trailer yet? Okay, I missed them. They've already left there. Okay, that means they could be getting their makeup off. So I got to get to the makeup trailer. You know, like, but you're you're hunting them down for that item that they're walking away with. And every time, I mean, nine times out of ten, when you get to them, you're also you're like out of breath, going, "Oh, good, I found you." Uh, you have a ring on, and then you know. Yeah, we gave it to co- we gave it to costume. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Who? Which one? Uh, cue shoulders drop, and now you know a uh, humble pie, and going back to the costume trailer. <laughs> um, but uh, but to your point that you were bringing up, a story can muddy the waters when an item can change scripted. So, like uh, using the bracelet example if maybe uh, the character takes it off and now they're gifting it to someone else and now it goes into a a box of memorabilia and then 20 years later, the box is now opened and there's an aged version of the bracelet. (laughs) That is, that's now where you're going like, all right, well now it's a prop and, you know, but it was a costume piece that now became, and that's, that's where 
Well, and I think that's where the designers and the, you know, the main props person as well, you know, the props master, they will um, discuss this beforehand, ideally, um, you know, and and have the plan in place before, you know, it becomes a thing. (laughs) Well, and and that's, and and going back to to, uh, Natalie, that when when I was uh, talking about those rules, it's kind of like... The analogy I would make would be the English language in general. Anything that they say is a rule has an asterisk. It's not mm-hmm. actually a rule. It's a sort of sometimes. <laughs> and that's kind of how it is for us, where it's like you're taught these rules, and then later you kind of learn. It's like, well, sometimes. Well, and then the thing that, you know, yes, you're taught the rules, but the main rule is always ask. Always ask. Always ask. And because also be friendly with your neighbor department. Yeah, exactly. We're all trying to get home at a decent hour. <laughs> no. I mean, we're all trying to make the same movie is what I meant to say. We're both arriving home. We're both taking <laughs> off our shoes and putting on our house slippers and getting our sweater vest into the closet because we're all Mr. Rogers getting along. That's my neighborhood. Whatever. So any other closing thoughts with Natalie other than I feel like I could have had another two hours talking with her because I love hair and makeup. Oh, yeah. I mean, we I mean, I could talk about hair and makeup all the time because I work so closely with them all the time. You know, I mean, like you said, props, hair and makeup, costumes, we're all in it together, in it to win it, hopefully. In it to win it. Justin, any final thoughts? No, that was great. Um, Well, I guess the timing is good because there is something outside that is sort of shaped like a penis, but it's like a rocket or something. Oh, shit. There's Zoe. Hey, Zoe. Well, Glad you could make it. I mean, Zoe, since you're here, do you want to do the closeout call to action? Oh, yeah. One, two, better not suit. We want to hear from you, the audience. Do you have a behind the scenes story? Maybe you work in the industry or maybe you had a run in with reduction. You know, you live in New Orleans, New York, whatever, and some PA stopped you on the way to work and it was annoying. We want to hear about it. We want to hear about all of it. We love all the stories. Write us and maybe we'll read it on the show. Or maybe you just want to tell us that you love us or you really hate us and you want to fact check us because we're wrong about a lot of things. You control us, whatever you want to do. You might even want to guess where Joe or Chris are on any given day of the week. Uh, You can do that by emailing us at filmfolklorepodcast at gmail.com. It's filmfolklorepodcast at gmail.com. We do indeed want to hear from you. You can also find us on the social media. Instagram is Film Folklore Podcast. Facebook group is Film Folklore. Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at The Film Folk. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. We really want to hear from you. It's very important to us. Again, we work in the entertainment business, so we need a lot of validation. We're very pathetic, sad people, and we just, we really want to be reviewed. We want to know your honest opinion. It means a lot to us because you guys mean a lot to us. And for any of you that really like us and have some change burning holes in your pockets and, you know, just any money at all, like a credit card, we set up a donation with PayPal and Patreon. Links are in the show notes of this episode and our website. Money helps us do more fun things and we want to entertain you. Money helps you do more fun things, which helps us do more fun things, which is also helping you have fun. And it would be really nice. And we love you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs)